to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com thanks for tuning in sluts and scholars is a sex positive shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter while we love to give advice and resources please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am excited to welcome back Joanna Angel, who, if you don't know her, is a powerhouse in the adult entertainment industry as an adult film star, director, producer, author, and founder of the Burning Angel Empire, the company known for the emergence and prevalence of tattooed women, which I love, in the adult film industry. But she's here today mostly to talk about her new book, because in the next coming weeks, she releases her second Choose Your Own Erotic Fantasy book, Club 42. Uh, It's a sexy read both men and women can get on board with, and something we think everyone will enjoy from the comfort of your own home this Valentine's Day. So I'm really excited. I don't want to give anything like too much away, but tell me about Club 42. Well, hello there. It's, uh, It's good to be back. So Club 42 is a choose your own I think I'm technically not allowed to say choose your own adventure, but it's choose your own adventure. (laughs) Choose your own erotic fantasy. Is Um, that like coined by somebody? Choose your own adventure? Actually, you know, my first book, Night Shift, um, when it went on the pre-order for Amazon, it said choose your own adventure on it. And we got like a cease and desist from whoever owns it. So we had to take it down and then change it to choose your own erotic fantasy or whatever okay well that sounds more exciting to me anyway so yeah. choose your own erotic yeah. fantasy <laughs> um but it is, it is a choose your own erotic fantasy book um and the book is about a girl whose name is naomi and it's her um her introduction to the world of stripping or exotic dancing or whatever you want to call it it takes place in new york city uh, a city i will always love and hold dearly So she learns how to be a stripper. She kind of stumbles upon the job um, after getting fired from working at a coffee shop and unsure what to do with her life. But there's other avenues of sex work in the book, too. There's a part of the book where she tries to be, you know, she dabbles in becoming like a dominatrix, too. So we experiment with that. And it's just about, um, you know, balancing her, quote, normal life, you know, as just a hipster in New York in her in her twenties, you know, and, and like part of it being there and part of it being in the strip club and, you know, and just what it's like to be a, you know, a, a girl in her twenties in New York, uh, trying to make it. Not that a fantasy book has to be more than that as, you know, just an exciting read. And I like what you're saying, cause it sounds like there's a part of you that just sort of automatically puts in this sort of sex work, obviously sex work positive uh, narrative in there, just kind of that talks about, I guess what I would call the hierarchy, you know, that like some people get into sex work because they don't have another job or they need the money or, um, you know, because they want to, and for all these variety of reasons, all of which are valid and can be fun and empowering and exciting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I tried, which I always try to do, you know, in all the interviews I do and anytime 
I'm given the chance to speak about sex work at all, I try to give a realistic account, you know, so it was very important to me in the book. And it also makes for like a real story. Like, um, I think what bothers me the most about sex work stereotypes is actually not the bad stereotypes because people who look down on sex work, they just look down on sex work. And I don't really care to change their mind. Like, I feel like the the porn industry or just the sex work industry in general wouldn't be what it is if it didn't have any taboos. I actually mm-hmm. kind of miss the days where it was a little more frowned upon because it felt more exciting. Um, Interesting. And um, those people are probably buying your content anyway, right? They are, yeah. And I, I don't know. I thought it was just like this. It used to be more of like a secret underworld and now it's, you know, just become a lot more mainstream. Um mm. So I don't care when people look down on sex work. They, I, I don't need their approval and I don't really care about their opinions. Um, but I think the the biggest misconception, even with like with a lot of like pro sex work, you know, feminists is that like, I think a lot of people don't realize that like we're all very different. Everybody has a different version. You know, everybody has a different path. Everybody has a different journey. Everybody makes different amounts of money. Um, and also it is a job where there's going to be good days and bad days. And I think a lot of people assume that you mean like any other job, Yeah, like any other <laughs> job, like, and, and, and sometimes you want to just talk about your day. Um, bad days doesn't mean it's associated with trauma or being triggered or that you're being mistreated by someone or something like that. And while that unfortunately does happen to people, that's, you know, not what I, not what this book was about, you know? Um, so I tried to really focus on like just a, a good kind of day to day life and like the good days and the bad days and the days are that are just days, you know, um, where everything and, you know, and the friendships and the the different characters that are that you meet um, and the different people that you interact with. And um, everything doesn't have to be such a crazy extreme I know in your last book, there was uh, some, I don't know if I would call it autobiographical, but some like memories of times that you had had, I think, um, working in some kind of a, a store and things that were reminiscent of your life. Um, so I wonder if any parts of this book relate to your experiences. Yeah, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in a strip club and there's definitely a lot of, um, you know, things that I've gone through and people that I've met um, that have that wound up being fictionalized in the book. But I always, you know, I was given the assignment to make fiction. Nothing is completely autobiographical. Like, you know, everything is like based off of something I went through or met or even other story. you know, working in sex work, you know, being in the porn industry and, uh, you know, working as a dancer for so many years. The best thing about it is I've like come across so many different kinds of people, you know, like so many different people from so many different walks of life that are all very different and very unique from one another. So, um, uh, you know, and, and I have a lot of, I guess I have a lot of friends, a lot of people tell me things. So like, you know, there's things in there that are just fascinating things that, that happen to other people. I know that I've kind of taken, I mean, you know, when you're a fiction writer, you take everything from every little part of your brain and you, you turn it into a story. So, yeah. Yeah. Actually that, no, that's a good question too, as I wonder like what, what is your writing and creative process look like? I mean, obviously you've done some writing when you're making films and things, but this is a whole nother, this is a whole nother journey. Yeah. Although it's not, it it's not too different. I mean, when I am writing films, they are 
fiction. <laughs> I mean, you're writing, it's just you, writing a screenplay is intrinsically is different than writing fiction because, you know, everything in a screenplay is seen on camera when you write fiction, you know, a lot of things are internal. You know, I do think that writing so many scripts for porn definitely trained me to write a novel because you're on the spot. You have, you know, when you know that you, you have to put a production together and you have to think of a storyline for the productions that do have storylines, you know, there has to be like a beginning, middle and end and you have characters and you think of what's going to happen to them. Um, and doing that so many times over the years has kind of like exercised my brain and thinking like, okay, now what happens to this person? And what happens to this person? Where are they going next? And where are they going next? My brain is also a very visual thing now. So everything in the book was just described very descriptively <laughs> or visually. Like, you know, I think anyone who reads this book can um, can really, really get into it. Yeah, really picture it in their brain because I describe things almost like I would see them in front of me. The more fun part about writing fiction rather than writing a script is that you're not limited to things that you are when you're writing a script, particularly for porn. You're not limited by, you know, budgets or just restraints that you have in porn. We only have a handful of locations we can shoot in. And then in the book, I'm like, we can go anywhere, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, and then you also have, like, <laughs> different options. Do you ever do a choose-your-own-erotic fantasy in films, or is it just too much budget-wise? There are people who have done it. I actually directed for a company once that did these, like, choose-your-own... Um, things and you could click on where you want to go next but you know it's more like do you want the girl to wear a school girl outfit or do you want the girl to wear this kind of outfit or do you want this or do you want this um that that and yeah they used to make back in the 90s and stuff those interactive dvds which i guess essentially were choose your own things but no i've never really like it's not a not for you not for me yeah I mean, it kind of sounds more like the VR world of things, too. It does, too. yeah, 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 yeah. It's more of a, yeah. But it does exist, you know. If you think of something, it, it probably exists in the porn industry. That's kind of how it is. I mean, from the outside, you do so many things. And yeah. I wonder, like, how do you find the balance to to do all the things you do and write a novel? Like, how do you, how do you manage your time? How do you, like, I don't want to say force yourself, but how do you get yourself to write on days where you're, like, if you're not feeling motivated... I mean, if you're writing a novel, you have no choice. You have to feel motivated. You can't, you can't do that. You have, you have a deadline. And I mean, that was also why I've always wanted to write a book. Uh, and people will be like, why don't you just write one and self-publish it? And I was like, no way. I will never write a book if I don't have a deadline and like somebody yelling at me to meet it. And I don't know how anyone could, you know, like I needed like some kind of person being like, I need it on this day you know? Um, so having that just kind of forced me, I just had to do it. Fortunately, you know, I'm, I'm very blessed. I have great people who, who work for me. So, um, you know, and I've just, <laughs> writing a book was very important to me. So I knew when I knew the deadline of that book, I made sure not to schedule too many things for me to do in the the two, especially the three months before it was due, um, you know, because those are like, that's like crunch time. But I guess mm. both times that I wrote a novel now, I had a year to do it and I squeezed it all in, in about four months. I, it's just the kind of person I am. I need pressure to finish something. I can't, 
I'm not the kind of person that does things like really early. I need to feel me like, too. I like wait until I'm under the wire to yeah, the last. I feel like some kind of anxiety to get it done. Um, I wonder if there's an overlap between people who want that and kinky people, because it's almost like we need like a little bit of the pressure to yeah. like, have it be exciting. No, there's two different kinds of personalities: people that do things way early and people that need like. You know, I was like that in college. I would just like stay up all night the night before things and like squeeze them all in. And every time I'd be like, I need to start this earlier next time. I need to start, but I, I just like, I just can't. Um, so, but that's good that you've like accepted, I think how you write. Yeah. Yeah, As opposed to being like, let me force this and do it the other way. You're like, okay, I know that I need a team to help me with things. I know that I need a deadline. I know that I need some like pressure to help me stay on track. Yeah. I kind of knew what I was getting into this time since it was my second book, but I told myself I would start earlier and I didn't. Um, I think both times, I guess I made, yeah, like I pretty much did it in about four months, but I made sure those four months I was writing for like 10, 10 hours a day, you know? I remember I've had friends now that I, you know, you know, people I've met along the way that write novels and they said, oh, they spend the whole year on it writing for like two hours every day. Like they'll get up in the morning and they write almost like, like instead of working out, they're just write And then eventually it gets done. And I try to do it that way and I cannot do it. I think once I get in the zone, I just have to keep going. You know, I just have to write and write and write, but you know, just, it was important to me. So I just scheduled it and and I made it work. And, um, I feel like privileged and blessed that I was able to, you know, since I knew it was coming, I was able to kind of move things around in my life to make sure I'd be, I'd be able to just kind of sit and write and put other things aside. But, but I would still, I write like every single day for like five or six days in a row. And then I would go on set for a few days and then I'd come back and be writing for another, you know, like, um, so it's not like I didn't did nothing but write, but it, I was probably like you know uh, the the majority of my time was spent writing for the few months before crunch time. Yeah, I mean, last we talked, it was your first book. So, like, how did you feel after it was received so well? I was really happy. I was super flattered, but I'm very hard on myself. So I read every single any review that came out and most of them were positive. I'm glad. I'm sure you focused on the shitty ones as a lot of us do. Yeah. I, but you know, there were a few shitty ones and the shitty ones weren't even like that bad. Oh, so when one is like really shitty, there's nothing I could do about that. They just don't like my writing style. I, there was like only one that was like really shitty. I'm like, okay, you just, people don't uh, like me if they don't have a sense of humor, you know, and I've actually found there are people that just don't have a sense of humor. I I don't know. Some (laughs) people don't enjoy humor with their erotica. They just don't, or just humor in general, you know, and I, and maybe that's not your audience. That's not my audience. I can't, that's, it's important to me to be funny. I don't get along with people in general that aren't funny at all. You know, like I, I like to laugh. Uh, I thought that was a pretty common thing, but I guess some people just aren't funny. Um, so but sex is funny. Like a lot of funny shit happens. Life is funny. You know, I, I think anytime I tell a story about anything, I try to find something funny about it. It's kind of just the type of person I am. But um, there were a few like constructive criticism reviews of my last book. So I, I definitely took them into account and 
um, everything I do in life, you know, in, in the adult industry and anything I do, I always try to, whatever it is that I'm working on to always be better and better and better. You know, I'm hard on myself. I'm like a perfectionist and I always think there's room to grow in whatever field it is that you're doing. Um, so I definitely think this book is a lot better than the first one. And I, I tried to improve on whatever weaknesses that were brought to my attention, which weren't too many, but I think it is really hard to write in this format. So I, I tried to just embrace the format more like in this book, there's some dead ends, which I didn't have in the first book. Um, so I think some people that were really, really big fans of the choose your own adventure format in the first book, they were like, Oh, this is like a fun book, but like, she didn't like play with the format enough, you know? So I, I made sure to take that into account for this one. And there's like, there's way more splits, way more paths. And, and there's some like game over dead end paths in this book. I do like the humor component, especially in my personal sex life and the fantasy part um, without giving too many things away. Is there like a really funny part that you'd be willing to, to share from your recent book? I mean, it's a very funny book. I don't know. You're like all of it. It's all yeah, funny. I mean, I mean, the sex is not funny. I don't do that. You know, I like when the sex starts in this book, it's, it's dirty, you know, it's a filthy, filthy sex book. That's how I like to write sex. That's how I like to have sex. I don't like, uh, that's why I get angry when people always call like romance porn, like <laughs> porn for women, because I actually hate romance porn. It's like my least favorite genre. Cause it's like beating around the bush, literally like, Oh, she touched his quivering member. Yeah. That's not, that's not what I want to do. And I was very clear with, with my publisher too. Like when they first hired, you know, when I first got the book deal, I was like, just so you know, like I'm not going to write like, like most of these people do. And while I respect every writer and you know, if that's what you're passionate about, that's what you do. That's there's, that's just not in me to do. Well, but who says filthy can't be romantic. It sounds like for you, it can't, Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be but... really. I mean, I guess there are some romantic parts of the book, but I wouldn't put this in the romance category. I imagine you like them all, but do you have a favorite sex scene from the book? Yeah. I, so I do like, obviously I like them all, but, um, the, I guess the funniest path of the book definitely is is uh the this relationship that she has with a musician um and that was very fun for me to write and definitely the funniest parts of the book are um her the entire story of her and him um I really enjoy making fun of uh attractive male musicians um, aren't you aren't you with one yes um, <laughs> actually it's my it's my weakness as a woman it's my what they call that with superman like your achilles crypt, achilles heel your kryptonite <laughs> yeah i i am me too i am uh and it's been that way since a young age i'm i'm addicted to musicians I married one, you know, and I, I can't stand it. <laughs> I will, I will voice this problem to my husband. I've tried dating people that aren't musicians being like, I'm not dating a musician anymore. I can't do this again. Ugh. 
And then I do it again. I mean, like literally everyone I've ever been in like a serious relationship with in my life. Almost. There's just something about the passion and the creativity and the like soul torn, whatever. I don't know know what it is. (laughs) Let's take a quick pause so you can get these advertiser discounts in time for Valentine's Day. Remember, you do not need to leave the house to have fun with yourself or your partner this weekend. And also, more important reminder that lube is your best friend. It's the key to maximizing pleasure, whether alone or with a partner. If you're going to lubricate, you want to make sure it's done with the highest quality, body-safe ingredients. And in that case, nothing beats Uber Lube. Right now, they are offering Sluts and Scholars listeners a special offer of 10% off and free shipping when you use my code S&S at uberlube.com. And their lube, it's not just for genital stimulation. It's also great for massages too, and even for frizzy hair like mine. Just make sure you check if it's compatible with the condom or toy that you may want to use. For sensitive folks, it's great as it's unscented with no flavor and has vitamin E, and it's free from nasty additives like parabens, preservatives, and petrochemicals. Also, it doesn't stain your sheets, so you can keep putting that laundry off for another day or five. And again, now they are offering you, dear listeners, a special offer of 10% off and free shipping when you use code S&S at uberlube.com. That's 10% off and free shipping. Just use promo code S&S, S-A-N-D-S at U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com. And while you're at it, and if you need some new creative ideas and sexy options, maybe things are getting kind of monotonous and stale, then order a couple's box from Like a Kitten today. Right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash S&S or enter code S&S at checkout. Check off, whatever that. Check out. (laughs) The Couples Box is your one-stop shop for all of your sexy Valentine's Day essentials. The box has ingredients to heighten all of your senses, like delectable chocolate CBD body paint and strawberry lube. So if you've been looking to enhance your sex with some vibration, the Couples Box also comes with a 10-speed heart vibe, which is super cute, and an amazing dual arousal cock ring. It also has some sex scratch tickets or a card game that will inspire you to play in ways you've never tried before or maybe remind you of an old favorite and again right now like a kitten is offering listeners 20 percent off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash s and s or enter code s and s at checkout just go to likeakitten.com slash s and s or use promo code s and s to get 20 percent off likeakitten.com slash s and s now back to the episode so there is a whole path of this book of this relationship a pretty toxic not very healthy relationship in this book with great sex um with her and a musician and that was really fun for me to write about and there's very very funny parts um in that book i mean this musician basically like like moves in kind of without telling her and he doesn't really have a place to live and he never really calls her his her uh her boyfriend and she never really knows what their status is. And, um, but she's like, so infatuated with him and the sex is so good. She just can't stop. This and sounds I, like a lot of my high school relationships. Yeah. I've been down that road so many times <laughs> in high school. I did it in high school. I did it in college. I did it in my thirties. I did I done it in every phase of my life. For, my husband happens to be a very wonderful, nice, kind hearted, Success- successful, <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, 
So he kind of defies some of the stereotypes, but you know. So you anyway, found you found the best of both worlds. <laughs> yeah, but I definitely had a lot of fun with it, and it's a tip of the hat to a a guy I used to date. Mm. Um, if you're out there, I hope you enjoy <laughs> reading it because I had fun writing it. I haven't talked to that guy in years because he ghosted me. I don't know where he uh, is. I haven't heard from him in 10 years. And that's okay. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I was in a pretty pretty toxic but very fun relationship with a touring musician for a while. Um, so it gave me a lot of fuel to play with um, mm. for this for this novel. Ghosting. I, I think for folks out there listening, like – if Joanna Angel can also get ghosted, oh, yeah. know that you can, like, no one is, no one is free or safe from ghosting. I got really ghosted. And also... How did you deal with that? That fucking sucks. Terrible. Yeah. And I, and he was in a band, so I used to fly to, like, different cities to, like, see him. What, what happened when he ghosted me? Oh, there was actually a date he was supposed to be, and then he would stay with me in between tours, too. And I don't know, there was a day where he, uh, and I would, of course, buy him plane tickets sometimes, you know, like from city to city. And, and there was a day, I there was a plane ticket that I paid for, and he was supposed to stay with me for, for uh, you know, whatever, a couple days before he went off to the next city. And I just, I never heard from him. And, I, uh, and he never showed up. And he never My whole up. body, like, has the chills because <laughs> I, like, I know that feeling and it's the worst. I lost my mind. Oh, that was terrible. I never okay, heard well, again. This was over 10 years ago. <laughs> is he alive? Do we know if he's alive? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's the only excuse. He's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shout out to yeah. you, guy, and I hope you pay for and buy this book and that yeah, you masturbate you to it. Reading it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's probably the funniest part of the book. But there's every kind of sex in this book. I made sure to include that. You know, this the main character. She has relationships with men. She has relationships with women. She has a relationship with a trans woman at one point in the book. There's one part of the book with a really sexy bisexual sex scene with like her and two men. And, you know, um, there's, there's like so many different kinds of, there's, you know, threesomes, there's very, very highly sexual, like lap dances and just, you know, descriptions of her dancing on stage. And I don't know, I tried to I included I included Hopefully all something the for sex everyone that I enjoy having. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, I think we've already talked about this a little bit, but and it's subjective because maybe some people do like the, you know, the romance novels or the young adult novels or whatever, but what do you think is the key to good erotica for you? Oh, for me. Um hmm, I don't really know. Uh I mean, it sounds like descript being really descriptive. Yeah, I mean, I writing think about stuff that you like is a is a good story. You know, I mean, I think any it's it's not that challenging. I don't think to write the sex. You know, like I think almost any writer, if you have to write a sex scene, you can write the sex. There's really only so many adjectives you can use. There's only so many words you can use. 
there's a few ways to be creative about it, but but where you have to shine as an erotic writer is the story, you know, is and that's how you have to trap people in. So I mean, I think you need you need a good story, whether it's a love story or just a heat of passion, you know, carnal sex story. I mean, you need something that's interesting and you really need something that's not cliche, which is hard to do. It's hard to do in porn. You know, like every time I write a fucking porn, I'm like, I want to do something, but I don't want to do the same thing I've done a million times, or I don't want to do this. And there's a reason why those things have been done a million times is because they're the most obvious things to do. So I think finding a an erotic story that's not cliche is what makes it good. Even though I don't, I didn't particularly like Fifty Shades of Grey. It was a good story with good characters. You know, it it was well written. I think um, it just happened to be a story that didn't appeal to me, but it was still good. You know what I mean? There's a reason why it was popular. Um, these were two very distinct characters that went into like a unique relationship that you just didn't hear about all the time. So you really got to kind of dig deep and think about what kind of relationship, you know, who these people are and what relationship they're going to get into and, and how they wind up having sex. And that's, that's what's important, I think. Did you ever watch that movie? I think it's out on Netflix now called 365 Days. I haven't, no. Okay, I'd be curious to hear what you think. It's like, for folks out there listening who haven't watched it, it's like the, people call it like the Polish, more X-rated version of Fifty Shades of Grey. So it's got like, you know, those components of like, is this abusive? Probably. But then there, but the sex scenes are um, like 10 minutes long and like really, really focused. And I think like, well done. Is there penetration? Yeah. Oh. But you... You don't see oh. things exactly okay. going in, but you'll see like the side of the shaft or you'll see like the side of the shaft when someone's like choking on a dick or like there's a lot. It's it's pretty. Yeah, it's I know it's definitely more in depth. So there's I mean, there's a lot of people who would say there's, you know, problems with the story and there's abusive components. But, you know, but I they think they watched for, it. <laughs> yeah, but they love but people if, loved if it. You right. Sit through something from beginning to end and think about it and talk about it like you wrote yeah. you did something good, you know. Right. Okay, well, check it out. Let me know. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah, I will. Okay, so just talking about erotica, I mean, I love to recommend erotica to therapy clients of mine, um, you know, who are struggling sometimes to like get their own desire and libido going or just to spice things up with a partner. Um, and so I hope that this book can be that for, for some folks. Yeah. Um, and I'm curious from you, like whether it's erotica or other things, like how have you kept things, if you're willing to share, connected in your own relationship during quarantine times? Well, I think... I mean, quarantine was a, a good test for a lot of couples because I think a lot of couples don't actually, uh, you get really busy with life and you actually sometimes forget, do we really love each other or not? Are we just roommates like going through the motions, you know? Totally. If you couldn't be intimate with someone during quarantine, like you're not meant to be with them. I mean, you had you had nothing to do but be intimate with someone, you know? Um, yeah, but like you said, if that's what you haven't been doing, people, I think it freaks them out or they don't know how to come back into that where now they actually have time to be with each other and see each other. 
Um, yeah, that's really telling. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me and my husband, it was really, we're both so busy all the time. Um, we actually are so busy getting the world off that like, sometimes we don't actually have time to really be intimate with each other. So this quarantine was very nice for us because we both really just got to focus on, um, each other, but you know, regardless of what's going on in the world, you know, my husband is like my very best friend and we love each other. And even if time goes by and we're not physically intimate with each other because of our work schedules and whatever, you know, like I never felt like we weren't connected. So, you know, quarantine just gave us time to do the things that we always want to do, but don't, don't always have the time to do. Um, yeah. But people who are like, Oh, uh, I'm going crazy. The only person I've like seen is my wife or this, that it's like, well, you you shouldn't be married to someone you feel that way about like being trapped on a deserted Island with my husband sounds like a, a dream dream. Yeah. Not, not a nightmare, you know? So if, if that's how you feel, you you shouldn't be spending your life with someone that you don't want to be trapped with. (laughs) Fair, fair point. And I think, you know, obviously not a lot of folks have practice with that of like being with the person and, and being connected and, and leaning into that or giving themselves permission, I think, to, to have that kind of connected time together. And um, it sounds like you, you do, which sounds beautiful. I mean, I'm fortunate, you know, and it, it's not to say like we've had our own problems before, but we when you I mean, it sounds corny, but it's like, if you love someone, anything can work out, you know, like if if you two, if two people love each other, and both want to be with each other, and willing to put in the effort. Yeah, you can work through any problem. But once I feel like so a lot of couples beat like a dead horse, like they're not in love, but they just like almost want to be right. Or they want to see if they can change a person or they want to, you know what I mean? Like most people don't change, you know, you can only change so much, especially when they're older. If there's something that really bothers you about your partner, like a certain personality trait that they always had, like, it's very hard for people to just change their personalities, you know? Um, and then I th- and usually I think it takes a level of acceptance for yeah. someone to actually make a shift, right? If you're just waiting for the thing to change and you're with them because you're hoping that that's going to change, probably like you said, change. Yeah. yeah, or you'll be disappointed as opposed to like, okay, I can accept you as you are now. And if things shift over time, like, sure, that would be nice. And maybe it gives that, that acceptance, give the person the space to change. Yeah. But yeah, I have so many couples like that who are you know, navigating long-term relationships and they're upset that their partner is showing up in a certain way, but it's something they've known about them the whole yeah, time. Yeah. It's like, well, that's just kind of part of who they are. It's very hard to change, um, who you are. So you just have to think, you know, is this the kind of person I can be with? Is this driving me crazy enough where I can't be with them? But yeah, I don't know. But relationships are hard, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's so tough because on the flip side, obviously as a therapist, I, I think that people can, grow and make shifts, but it's hard fucking work. Yeah. You know, it's not just a thing where you're like, Hey, can you do this change? Cause you love me enough. And then it happens, you know, it's a lot of trauma work and unlearning and relearning. It's a lifetime process, I think. Yeah. 
But okay, so you heard it from Joanna Angel, and I agree. Lean more into the acceptance yeah, of who your right. partner is, and can you deal with that if you were stranded together during quarantine? Yeah, but uh, I, you know, a lot of a lot of couples do like my books, and uh, I'd highly recommend couples to check this out. And the fun thing about cho- you know choose your own adventure, like couples can read. Uh, they couples have told me before they'll read like a chapter together, you know, and then they'll decide you know, who, which path, like what they're going to do next, you know, and they'll kind of switch off deciding, um, which part to read next. So it can be like a fun, um, game. I mean, since this book, it really, it does take place like in a strip club with a lot of different people. Uh, I don't know how much you can take from it and like learn and do at home unless you're going to turn your home into a strip club. (laughs) But I hope that the stories inspire you. I think there's so much too to just playing in the, I don't know what you think, but playing in the fantasy. So like, even if it's not something you can mimic or do at home or turn your entire life into being able to like talk about it or dirty quote unquote, dirty talk about it and fantasize about it with your partner and kind of continue the choose your own erotic fantasy together. I think that, goes a long way yeah I mean I'm I'm not the kind of person I I never really made I mean there is a a certain genre of porn that's meant for like like more educational purposes that that's not my that's not my thing I'm uh I'm like a fantasy yeah I I want I mean a lot of my movies too like I, mean, I know I love all the horror ones. That yeah, you I was going to say my I have movies about devils and satanic girls and funny plots <laughs> and this and that, or you know, like I know that's not like a sex educational thing, you know. But I, I hope people that will see it and they get aroused and whatever they do with that feeling, they can take to the bedroom and make their own. But in no way do I make movies and want people to start putting prosthetics on and. <laughs> <laughs> like do special effects and I mean shit if you have the resources maybe right but yeah. but that's that's not you know I make I make you know entertainment you know yes I mean and even like when I do I do a lot of extreme sex acts on camera I don't yeah you're an a- you're a sex athlete I am a sex athlete uh you know I don't expect people to see some of the things that I do and try to do them at home, but it's supposed to just get your, get your brain moving, you know? Do you think you're still finding and discovering new things that you like and are interested in? Or are you kind of like, I know all the things I like and now it's just really honing in on that. Or do you feel like you're still finding out new desires and things about yourself? Um, I guess when, you know, when it comes to sex, like every time you have sex, it's going to be a little different than the last time. You're always kind of learning new things. Um, I don't know. (laughs) I guess, I guess as of kind of lately, I've been having more, I don't know. I, I guess I, I started doing more, more, uh, stuff with like, by people you know like I've done a lot of scenes like sex scenes mm-hmm. with two guys mm-hmm. like the two guys were never interacting with each other so but now they are now they are now um, that was I guess probably the one of the few the things. dream <laughs> yeah and the first time I did it I was like why didn't I do this sooner this is like such a great idea and like such a it felt so natural you know it's like yeah. 
I'm like, oh, every, everyone has something to do. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to just swapping around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's been pretty fun. <laughs> that's why I love. That's why I love my job because I think there are still those go-tos where I'm like okay if I really just want to like experience pleasure maybe that's my thing that I go to but yeah I'm always learning new things um about myself and about people and I'm like oh that's interesting oh that's interesting so I'm like a like an omnisexual it's like anything anything I'm like oh inter- like I could get into that I could get into that yeah um so I'm looking forward to reading more in depth your se- the scenes in this book to see Please what do. else I, mean, there's so I don't much- know I don't know yeah there's a lot of different kinds of sex in this book that that, uh, that should keep you, your brain entertained. <laughs> yeah. Your brain going on the topic of creating content. How has it been? Um, how has it been for you during pandemic times? I know everyone's experiencing things differently depending on the kind of, you know, sex work that one is in. Um, but yeah, how have things been for you in, in making things during this time? Um, they've been, you know, like I've been pretty, fortunate I guess you know so uh I guess I shot a whole lot at home um which wound up being fine um I don't know I guess I adapted pretty quickly to everything um Mm -hmm. so I guess I've focused you know more on my my OnlyFans um which was something I did it was always kind of an afterthought for me and then it became the main thought the adult industry has you know gone back to shooting in limited capacity so there's just a lot of extra like checking covid tests and you know getting a million different tests and more paperwork and stuff but um yeah which i imagine is maybe something that a lot of folks are used to because you already get tested so yeah 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 i've always been used to a lot of just you know check-ins and yeah yeah. but during like the shutdown shutdown where nobody was shooting at all you know I shot like I shot a lot of solos just at home and um I don't know it was it was fine for me I I'm pretty fortunate and I, I felt privileged that people enjoyed the content um you know just trying to get creative with what I could do in my house and trying to get better at, uh, you know, I've always been pretty like reliant on having like a crew, like a filming crew. So just, you know, figuring mm. out how to, how to do everything alone. Um, you know, I think it just kind of changed the type of porn that I focus on. Um, but it was a, a very, it was, it kind of made sense at the point of the, my career that I'm at anyway, to start focusing on, um, different platforms. So I don't know. So I guess I just kind of shifted my focus from thinking about, you know, kind of bigger scenes and bigger releases and bigger features and stuff like that to focusing more on just like homemade content, um, which has been, it's been great. I don't know. It's, it's a different experience, but I, I, yeah, I adapt to things pretty easily. And that's, I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And I'm going to do it. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's been, yeah, like it's it. Well, it's interesting to hear your experience. It sounds like in some ways it's been, you know, felt privileged and positive because I certainly have some clients who hate doing their work from home, like, because it's like, it's hard to, I guess, shift from workplace and sort of showing up and taking care of others to being at home. So it's almost like uh, I've had a lot of, you know, clients in sex work and, and performers who are frustrated that they feel like they have to be more expected to be on 24 seven, 
you know, and like having trouble, I guess, making boundaries between work time and home time. Yeah, I guess I haven't had many, you know, I, I my life has been like 24-7 for a very long time now, so it doesn't feel like that much of a change for me. Yeah. So I'm really excited to, you know, share this book with folks. And is there anything else you want folks to know about the book and, you know, when it's coming out and, and you know, what it means to you? Because I would love people to check it out and I'm sure they will find it entertaining. Um, yeah. Well, please check out Club 42. I worked so, so hard on this book and um, it's a really fun read. I've had several people who told me like I went to pick it up just to, to, you know, I like a few people now have told me I started reading it with the intention of just reading for 20, 30 minutes and going to sleep. And they went through the whole thing. So it's a, it's an easy read. It's a fun read. It's a fast read. Um, I put my heart and soul into this book. Um, there's every type of sex for every type of person in this book. You know, there's like, there's like BDSM sex. There's, you know, there's, there's every kind of sex you can possibly imagine in here. And it's a lot of fun. I think it's very relatable. Uh, a lot of people have told me it's just a very honest, um, account of, uh, like, I guess, getting into sex work. And I know that fascinates a lot of people. I think everyone could kind of relate to this main character. Um, and you will find yourself identifying with them. So I don't know, please check it out. I think it technically comes out February 16th. You can buy it on Amazon, you can buy it on barnesandnobles.com, you can buy it pretty much anywhere the uh, books are sold. And I am if you check out uh, me on Instagram, or check me out on Twitter, my name is just Joanna Angel on there. I have verified accounts. I'm doing a virtual book tour. So you could log in for free and, and watch me do some of my readings. Um, it actually starts next week. I don't know when you air this podcast, but I'm doing one on Valentine's Day with Skylight Books. I'm doing one uh, uh, Tuesday the 8th or the 9th uh, with The Ripped Bodice, um, a female-owned uh, indie bookstore. Um but yeah, everybody, please check it out and follow me on Instagram, follow me on Twitter. And if you want to be dirty with me, join my OnlyFans where I sext and talk to my fans all day. And you can see all of my personal content. <laughs> well, Joanna, thanks so much for, for joining back. And I can't wait for listeners to let me know what you think of Club 42. Yeah, and I, I'd like and to know your thoughts. You need to Tell me what you think. Maybe you could give me like a pull quote or something. Oh, definitely. I can certainly read do the that. <laughs> I do have to read all of it. Read the book. Um, I'm excited to show it to my partner too. Ooh, um, you guys should read it together. So again, listeners, thanks so much. Check out Club 42. And if you want to follow what I'm doing, again, I'm on Instagram. Uh, hopefully, who knows with, you know, new laws, but I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. Um, and you can listen to the podcast at slutsandscholars.com. And feel free to email with your questions, recommendations, if you need referrals at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Thank you.